They asked for a podcast. We told them to do it themselves. And here it is, the Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Now, can I ask you a personal question to start off the show? What do you get told off for in your house? Because I was thinking about this the other day, right? In my house, I get told off for the same things always the same time. It's always get tickets for the same kind of things. Using my other half's posh shampoo... You know, we've talked about this before on the show. Uh, that there's some shampoo products that fellas are allowed to use. Other ones, you know, when girls get these massive bottles of stuff off directly off of Vidal Sassoon, you're not allowed to touch. Get told off for that. I get told off for trying to sneak bread and butter into each and every meal because I love it. And I get told off for my jaw clicking whilst I eat, which I admit sounds quite disgusting, and I'd hate to live with me as well. I've got this weird thing where I've got a clicky jaw. I can't stop it. It's still, it doesn't click when I talk. That'd be quite bad for my job. But if I eat food, clicks like crazy. Add that into eating bread and butter and just got me hair all bouffant because I've been using someone else's shampoo. I'm a nightmare. So I just want to know what you get told off for in your house. Uh, the Wiz says he gets told off for sniffing whilst he's eating. Well, oh, that's horrible. That is horrible. Amanda says, lights. I always get told off of lights and cries of, it's like Blackpool Illuminations up here. Uh, Marley says uh, he gets told off for putting big towels. Oh, I do this. Uh, he gets told off for putting big, t- big towels on the bathroom floor when he's in the shower, just walking around in this sea of towels that he's made. Angie says he gets told off for buying too many plastic baskets to sort stuff into. The wicker look ones. They sound nice, Angie. It's hard to resist, isn't it? We've got Sharon on the line right now. Sharon, what do you get told off for in your house? Uh, having hair grips everywhere. Now, I might have the same situation in our house. I call them bobby pins, which sounds like something from a 1950s black and white movie, but is that what they are, those things that people uh, unlock doors with in crime thrillers? Yeah, you know, like, they're, yeah, they've got, well, I call them curvy grips, but I put hair grips because I didn't notice that. Uh, but, yeah, they are bobby pins, yeah. Yeah, because they're everywhere. everywhere. They're yeah. absolutely yeah. everywhere in our house. Why, why, why don't go, why don't you just have, like, one that you put in your hair? What, what, what happens? You've just got loads of them and you just keep grabbing a new one. Well, sometimes they do slip out, um, but I don't know. I don't uh, like. I, I generally don't know what happens to them. <laughs> my husband's supplying them everywhere, and he calls them my treasures. Like, well, he tells my son all of my treasures, and then my son comes and finds me and is like, "Oh, mummy, I've got your treasures." <laughs> your treasures. That's amazing. Uh, what's your husband's name? Is he's absolutely sick of this behaviour? Let's give him a shout. What's his name? James. Is James had enough of this? Can James shout? I've had enough of this. I've had enough of it, mate. Had enough of it. He's absolutely had enough of it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. He's uh, moans, like I said, he moans daily on a daily basis. Finding um, I've got another hair grip. I've found another hair grip. So yeah, love it, uh, Sharon. Lovely to speak to you. Have a brilliant Wednesday night. Audrey says taking my socks off in the TV room every evening and then leaving them there until my husband throws them in the bin. That's unbelievable. Also quite keen and interested in the fact that she calls it a TV room. Now that's other. That's either a room dedicated to just watching telly or another name for the lounge that I've previously not heard of before. Do you call yours a TV room? Uh, Sophie says Bush. I get told off for tidying things away into oblivion in inverted commas when I've actually just put them away where they should be. I've got Richard on the line. Richard, what do you get told off for? Uh, we get told off for uh, the bins uh, being used in the living room. Okay, what 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 makes the living room bin so special that it, it results in you getting told off? Uh, it's a special bin, apparently. We have to use a kitchen bin. <laughs> <laughs> so give me, an, give me an example of one item that you would put in the lounge bin that would then get you into trouble. Uh, it's anything. I mean, you could use like a, a can of drink and... Uh, no, you have to get up and go into the uh, <laughs> go into the kitchen and put it in there. What's the point in the lounge bin? Is it a fancy bin? It sounds like a fancy bin. Uh, we've asked ourselves that question many a times. Has it got like a nice? Is it, is it luxury? This bin? 
Uh, yeah, it was like a like a leather pleather sort of thing. But uh, yeah, white um, white was bought in the first place to never be used. Who knows? It's absolute madness, isn't it? And you say we sounds like there's a, there's a few of you that are under this kind of oppressive regime. Who else it's gets a regime, told off? Yeah, it is a regime. Who, who else gets uh, gets told off? Oh, it's just uh, like obviously family and that. But obviously, whenever we're over first. <laughs> and if people come over and visit you guys, are, are visitors allowed to use the leather bin in the lounge or not? Uh, I think if visitors were, they would be allowed, yes. But, um, I, I've, never, I've never witnessed it, but I don't think they would be told no. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, stay safe and we're going to set you up in an FBI witness relocation uh, scenario, so you're going to be okay. Cheers, Rush. Uh, Sam says, everything. I get into bother for not rinsing plates correctly, not swimpi- uh, sweeping the crumbs off the cutting board, and, and there's another one I've definitely been told off for this, and for the black bits that I bring home from five aside, they get literally everywhere. There's little weird balls of um, black plastic that they put on the, was it the 3G pitches? I don't want to say the one that's like uh, the uh, uh, 5G mast or whatever, get Ian Brown involved. Uh, Brian says um, he gets told off for doing, uh, oh, I don't know how to say this, proper sit-down toilet, but nude, a lot of weird stuff going on in his house. And then Mark Barnes says, but I should get told off, I used to get told off by my ex for sneezing loudly, putting my forehead on the glass of the back door when looking in to the garden and for making tea way too strong. Steve in Torquay, listen to this. He says, Bush, a selection of things I've been in trouble for this week and it's only Wednesday. Having a poo whilst running myself a bath. What's wrong? <laughs> That's weird. Uh, not listening to my wife when she was talking to someone else and not pushing the table out into the walkway in a restaurant that we were in. Uh, just a, a myriad of different things Steve's getting in trouble for. Let's speak to Simone. Simone, you having a good Wednesday night so far? Oh, no, I can't play tennis because it's raining. Oh, you're joking. Yeah, it's tipping it down. What about, like, rain tennis? Brand new style of tennis, absolutely yeah. tipping it down. You versus someone else, Kugul each. You tend to get wet. I know, but wouldn't that make the ball, like, if you hit someone with the ball, that'd be like, oh, it'd be like a... <laughs> what, soggy balls? Well, yeah, let's, let's, I don't want to be doing any of that in the park, thanks very much. We've had a chat about this before. Simone, tell everyone yeah. you, what you get told off for in your house. Uh, for singing... No. I think at every opportunity when there's music on, usually to the radio in the car, but I get told off all the time. So I presume, I don't want to be presumptuous, but I presume you listen to Absolute Radio and you listen and sing along to our songs. Absolutely. So so who's this person? Who's this killjoy, this Grinch, that doesn't want you to sing? He's my, I'd like to say my better half, but he's not, he's my other half. (laughs) Your ball and chain. Uh, What's his name? Yeah. Alistair. Alistair. And uh, and does he criticise your singing, your, the technicalities of your singing? Yeah, maybe he's just jealous that he can't sing. I'm not quite sure, really, but he just doesn't like me singing. OK, and do you stop singing when Alistair complains or you just turn it up a bit louder? Um, I do stop, actually. Oh, no. This it's is the... peaceful life. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Uh, can we just have a little tiny burst of your lovely voice just for a second, if there's anything, a little ditty you just want to sing for us, even just a tiny bit of a song or a chorus? It's raining, it's pouring, my love life is boring me to tears. There you that's, go. That's haunting. You've got the voice of an angel, <laughs> Simone. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. OK, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie. Time for our regular weekly feature, a little ray of hope called Good News. Uh, a roundhouse kick to the face of misery, giving grimness of the outside world. Bit of a slip. You know the bit where someone's tailing you in a taxi in a movie? Just 
giving them the slip and trying to keep things positive for a whole hour because I think we need it. So if you've got any good news at all, big or small, do get in touch and share it with the group. It's one big kind of mutual support group, this home time show, and we're all part of it. 8, 12, 15, you can text or you can tweet at Absolute Radio. And we've got listener Jamie on the line who's had a hell of a journey. Tell, it, tell us what has happened to you, mate. Just sum up what's been going on. What it is, um, unfortunately, it happened in the beginning of furlough time. The whole coronavirus. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I got diagnosed with uh, testicular cancer. Wow. What a, what a, what a yeah. complete uh, shock and blindsided blow that must have been when you found out. Just a bit, just a bit, very much so, yeah. So, furloughed off work. Um, couldn't, to be fair, happened at a better time. Um, the NHS have been amazing with me. Um, and as I say, within six months later, I've been told that I'm now basically cured. Amazing. So you found out this news today? I literally found out today. And, and in what format does this news, this kind of news, get to you? Is it like a letter or, or do you no, get a no, phone no. call? I actually managed to get into the hospital face-to-face with the doctor, the actual consultant. Um, so, yeah, I've been, I've been very lucky, to be fair. I'm very lucky. Oh, mate, we're so chuffed for you. That's such brilliant news. And you must Thank have... You, yeah. you know when you're waiting, the worst thing is with the furlough is, and I think a lot of people have found this, is that you've got a lot of time to yourself. And sometimes, and I'm, I'm putting myself in this category as well, sometimes you're not you're, you're your own worst enemy when you're hanging around on your own or with yourself. Do you know what I mean? You've got time to overthink things and stuff like that. So I imagine you've been paying all sorts of horror scenarios in your head over the past few months. Oh, it's, it's been a nightmare, absolute nightmare, yeah. yeah. All, the, all that comes to mind is the, the two young children. So, yeah, it's, um, it's been very hard. Wow, and so the, are they over the moon? How old are your kids? They are nine and 11 now. Fantastic, so they're, they're, they're absolutely chuffed then. Have you kind of brought them into this in terms of telling them what's going on or how have you dealt with it? Not the whole picture, to be fair, no. They don't know exactly what it was, but they know Daddy was having medicine um, and it didn't make him very well. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, well, uh, we are absolutely over the moon for you. What a fantastic start to a feature called Good News, the best news you can possibly think of. So you're going to celebrate this evening? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yep, there should be a couple of beers and a very nice meal. Probably a takeaway. Amazing. Well, listen, enjoy yourself, stay safe, and what a fantastic thing. Great to hear from you. Thank you very much. That's brilliant. Thank you. Absolute Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. It's what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news, and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. This hour of the show is dedicated uh, to you if you've got good news. And it could be anything. It could be big life-changing stuff like Jamie there, or just little tiny things. Like, for example, for me in our house, I lost my... Do I remember boring you lot about the fact that I lost my wallet? I'd had this kind of really long run of not losing my wallet. You know, I, I always think when someone loses their wallet, it's a bit like, you know, when you see someone, see someone with a cracked mobile phone screen and you think to yourself deep down, what are they up to? What's going on? Uh, and I ended up losing my wallet and had to reorder everything, like my driving licence and all my cards. Felt like a real klutz. My wife, Katie, just taking the mickey out of me remorselessly. Yesterday, I found it down the back of the... Uh, we have got two buggies for our little two-year-old. We normally whip around in a little tiny, more manoeuvrable one. Down the back of the old one. So I didn't technically lose my wallet. However, I did have to reorder all the cards. So I would say if we do another feature called Mixed News, it's probably that. Uh, Darren says, good news, he's having garlic ciabatta for tea tonight. That sounds good. And Jacko says, A up Bush, a meeting, meeting a new bird tonight with a thumbs up emoji. That, that's it. In, in a nutshell, that's the range of the new, uh, the good news that we're after this evening. Dan says, got six wings and chips for lunch today. Boss man put ten wings in the box. Hashtag winning. 
Zoe says getting a new car on Friday, it will revolutionise our future camping trips. That's good news. Jane says remembering to book my MOT 10 days before it expires. Let's just hope it passes. Uh, we've got Darren on the line. Darren, you've got good news, haven't you? Yes, uh, we're getting keys for our new house on the 16th of October. It's a nice little two-bedroom, semi-detached cottage in the countryside in Suffolk. Lovely. So have you moved out of a busier place to go and take on the country life? Absolutely, yeah. I'm sort of moving from Ipswich and, uh, like I say, just on the outskirts. So, yeah, just a slower pace of life. Looking forward to it. Lovely. So wax jacket, flat cap, that kind of thing. Is that what's going to be going on for you? Growing cheese? You don't grow cheese, but making your own cheese? Absolutely, yeah. We bought the uh, Cocker Spaniel two weeks ago, which is uh, 17 weeks old. So, yeah, wax jacket and wally boots. Have you really just bought a Cocker Spaniel? Yes, we have, yes, absolutely, yeah. Amazing. So you actually have gone and got yourself an actual countryside kit? Absolutely, absolutely. Got to be done. Fantastic. And how was it buying a house during all of this madness that's, that's been going on? You know, because people have not been able to go and view properties and everything. So has it been weird? That has been strange, yeah. We, we sort of started looking just as we were coming out of uh, lockdown. So, yeah, it's been a bit weird and a bit sort of go slow, but it's all come together now. So we should be yeah, exchanging on Friday. And uh, uh, completing, uh, like I say, on the 16th. So, yeah, very uh, much up for And last question, this is a bit weird, but I imagine when you get go to pick up the keys, do they have to, like, sanitise the keys and spray them with disinfectant, just in how we are nowadays? Yeah, exactly. I just imagine that, that's, that's the way it is, isn't it? it isn't know? it? Yeah, for a, for a little while, yeah. Strange times, but, uh, like I say, we, you know, it's good to hear good news from other people as well with, with what's going on, so... You know, there is good mood, good news amongst bad as well, so which is good. Brilliant. Well, listen, we're chuffed for you. Enjoy the new house. Andrew and Craig in Cheshire says, uh, myself and my fiancé have been for our wedding rings, ready for our wedding in June next year. Fingers crossed, guys. I'm sure it'll be fine. And we've got Rich on the line who's excitedly got some good news to tell you a lot. Rich, what's going on? Right, after five years and a lot of pain and a lot of scratching, I've got my tattoo full sleeve finished and I'm so pleased with it. It stings like hell, but, um, yeah, it's looking good. Really five, good. five years? Is that how long these things take or have you just been top of taking your time yeah pretty much trying to things uh, choose things that I really want rather than just rush in and put it all together and think oh no that doesn't look right so yeah yeah it's been a work in progress um, uh, and it's cost money as well these things are, they cost a bit so uh, yeah when um, yeah when the other half lets me have a few bits done so yeah I'm so pleased with it so pleased have you and, been going uh, to the same person to do it or have you, has it been a yeah, few different yeah, artists yeah no, no, the same guys worked with me right the way through from the very first mark to the to like finishing it all off. Yeah, he's done the whole piece. Now I'm always fascinated by what people choose to put on their bodies with tattoos. What what kind of things then are on your sleeve tattoo? Okay, I've got um I've got a compass, I've got a candy skull, I've got my children's um horoscope uh, the birth signs. Yeah. I've got yeah. Um, um some script. I've got a heart, I've got some angel wings, I've got a large ship, um, wow. and I've got a chilli. Wow. Yesterday, <laughs> I love hot, spicy food. I put so a chilli on there. <laughs> yeah. It's like almost a bit of graffiti. Yeah. You're like a, you, you, you're done up like a, maybe the, the, a toilet door at a service station there with all those different bits exactly of graffiti that, yeah. going on. It's yeah, it, it, it's a true, yeah, yeah, calendar of the last five years. It's I love it. I, lo- I love the fact you've got a chilli. Yeah. If anyone's got a more unusual thing tattooed on them than a chilli, <laughs> definitely want to hear about that on Home Time tonight. 8, 12, 15. Uh, well, listen, congratulations. Brilliant. We're chuffed for you. Uh, have a brilliant night celebrating your new tattoo sleeve. Thanks, man. Take care. 
the Home Time Podcast with Bush and Richie. If you're listening, it's probably not home time anymore, but we can't be bothered to think of a new name. Absolute radio. It's Wednesday night, it's home time with Bush, but not Richie's on his holidays this week. If you follow him on Instagram, he's living the, the high life. He's swung around like Rockefeller. There's one for the kids. But I am joined, though, I'm pleased to say, by another Absolute Radio colleague and friend, an all-round good chap. It's Matt Ford. How you doing, Matt? I'm very good, thanks, mate. How are you? Man, I'm really, really good. Obviously, people will know you here at Absolute Radio from being one half of the Matt on Matt action that is rock and roll football <laughs> with Matt Dyson. Uh, but just very quickly, to start with the football, it's been a goal fest since football came back, isn't it? It's been, I mean, last weekend was incredible. The um, the Spurs-United game and the Villa-Liverpool game. It's been incredible how good the Premier League has been since the start, start of the new season. It's been brilliant because obviously not having fans there, it, it does ruin it a little bit. But the amount of goals we've seen has just been wonderful. Do you think we're holding people back? Us being there is, has been holding football back all these years when it actually really is, uh, like I say, a, a, a rugby score type game and it's us fans that have been putting the pressure on the players and they've not been able to perform. Maybe we just need to stay away. I mean, it does make you wonder, doesn't it, whether actually you're absolutely right that not having fans there screaming at them... <laughs> I mean, who'd have thought that not having 30,000 people <laughs> making accusations about your private life, yeah. what your wife gets up to and whether your parents were married <laughs> when they had you or not apparently not having that going on helps you do a better job <laughs> it's weird isn't it I just thought it was water off a duck's back but clearly it's getting <laughs> to these guys I feel feel almost bad about it but it's interesting though isn't it how psychologically without that element of the, the fan side of things that's what I'm finding fascinating because weirdly the same thing's happening in the NFL at the moment it's the highest amount of points scored in the first three weeks of the NFL as well up until this point so uh, there's definitely something going on without the, the fans being there the teams are probably playing with maybe a bit more to a game plan or it's a bit like a training match. I don't know what it is. You know, but it's a shame oh, though God. that say Villa fans weren't in the stadium to witness their win against Liverpool the other night. This is all. I mean, this means are we the problem? I think we might be the problem, Matt. Oh, oh no! God. What a horrible way to find out. Well, I suppose it, it, from a, from a show point of view, that's good because it means everyone has to stay at home and listen to rock and roll football. So. Yes, well, this Long is it. may it continue. I, On behalf of our sponsors, we're very grateful. Because <laughs> I was concerned, you know, I remember being concerned for you and Matt. Like, how are they How are they going to get on? Because there's no fans at any of these games and everything. But you two must just be updating goals left, right and centre. Out, almost out of control. There's a lot of goals. Um, Forest have started appallingly <laughs> badly. So, um, in a way, the Premier League is, is like a nice um, distraction from... <laughs> Forest been, uh, oh, it's just been awful for us. But the Premier League has been good, and you know at least there's that. Well, rock and roll football returns on Saturday from two, and we pray the new Forest manager Chris Hooten gets you that win. Matt, stay right there because on the way next we have some very exciting news about a new book that's got something to do with you. It's on sale tomorrow. Absolute Radio. If you insist on listening to them in your own time, then we can't really stop you. Okay, let's get on with it then. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Richie. Tomorrow's the release date of your awesome debut book, Politically Homeless. How are you feeling about it? Are the nerves kicked in yet ahead of its release? You know what? I am a bit more nervous than I thought I was going to be because I never set out to write a book because I'm a comedian and stuff. So it was never something I ever thought I'd do, but I've ended up doing it. So now I really care about it. 
I can't believe it's out tomorrow. It's just mind-blowing that I've written this thing. I think for a lot of people, time has been really strange this year. It simultaneously feels like it's dragged, but also that it's flown by. Yeah. I can't believe I've finished it and that it's out. And that, that, I mean, I got my copy just the other day, and it's so surreal holding it. No, it's a fantastic thing. It's great. And do you know what I really like about it as well? It's one of those books. I mean, I'm not a big reader, but it's one of those books you look at it, you think, I can do that. That's, uh, that's a couple of long commutes. <laughs> It's, it, it, you know what I mean? it's not Lord of the Rings. I'm going to put that on the paperback. Yeah, you can have that on LinkedIn if you want. I could do that, Andy Bush. There <laughs> you go. Oh, mate, what a really accurate compliment. What an epitaph. I looked at it and thought I could do that. I could I like do that. It. It's an achievable read. Thank you. And how, what was your writing process? Was it you, like uh, Jessica Fletcher, on an old-fashioned typewriter in your kitchen? What was the situation? I walked around my flat with a dictaphone like Alan Partridge going, idea for a chapter um, about politics and sport. Um, I just, it's really boring. I just sat on my laptop and wrote it till I finished it. I didn't really have any other, I mean, I was, it was quite a tight deadline. So I had to write 60,000 words. Did I mean, you set like a target, having, like a daily, cause some people break it down into writing and do this amount per week or whatever. I think there was one point where I needed to do about 1500 words a day. And then that became 2,000 words a day. <laughs> and then I think it became, I was just like, I need to just... I mean, so, as, as you would imagine, writing a book is quite hard going in terms of, you know, it's a lot of words. And I yeah. know this makes me sound stupid, but you're like, <laughs> at the start of it, you just think, oh, it feels like such an insurmountable task. And I tried not to get distracted. So it was, it was just me. I just locked myself away. It was a bit like having... It was like doing my A-levels again, just having loads of um, <laughs> loads of coffee, loads of stress, and just writing all day. Uh, well, I mean, and I didn't oh. realise your previous history in politics, which is something that you'll, you'll kind of learn about uh, through reading the book, but just give, give people a little insight into, like, how that was. I mean, you joined the, like, you joined the Labour Party at 15 or something, is that yeah. right? Like, young Labour Party member. I was, pro I mean, I still am. I'm really a, sort of a sad, tragic, obsessive, really. So I got into it. It was like getting into a football team. I just threw myself into it really early. Yeah. I was very lucky to have worked in politics for a bit. So, and I'm very upfront about it. My political career basically was a disgrace. I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I, I if lost, you were a manager, if you were a manager, oh. who would you have been, Matt? Oh, God. Well, at the moment, Sabri Lamucci, <laughs> the, the forest manager. Um, but it was... Every, I think every by-election I campaign I ran, I lost. Oh, it was awful. I was drunk a lot of the time. There's a lot of... Brilliant. I really had to limit the amount of drinking stories in there. The first time I met Tony Blair, I was absolutely battered when I was at number 10. I was like, oh, this is... I had so many drinking stories. I was like, this could be a very different book. Well, it's an awesome book. I can't recommend it highly enough, so go out and buy it tomorrow. Someone else we need to talk about, though, is The Return of Spitting Image. Stay there, and we'll find out all about it next. Radio. The Hometime Podcast with Bush and Ritchie is what happens when you take out all the music, travel, news, regular news and adverts from the show. Unfortunately, it still contains the two of them talking. Matt, people might not know this, but you are an excellent impressionist and you're not just content with writing the brand new series of Spitting Midge, you're also voicing Donald Trump, Boris Johnson and Keir Starmer. Now, I remember growing up with this show, it was fantastic. I remember sitting there watching it in my pyjamas before I had to go to bed. I'm guessing you did too. How does it feel to actually be part of it? That's a big deal, yeah. It's kind of Because it's just all sort of crept up on me incrementally, it was only at the weekend when the first episode came out that you just realised what a massive deal it was and just the fuss that the media made of it and the messages I've had of people, yeah. strangers and friends alike. Obviously, I know spitting images is a big deal, but it's only it coming back that makes you realise, God, it's huge, and to be part of it, 
it's really a dream come it's, it's actually it's not even a dream come true because i never dreamt i'd be part of it it's sort of someone else's dream do you know what i mean it's just so mad yeah to be writing on it and voicing boris and trump it's incredible i, I really can't I, I don't think i'll sort of know how i feel about it until years to come you know it's so bizarre to be in the middle of it all at the moment and, and, the, and the puppets and everything look better than ever they look fantastic almost like more budget has been spent on it than the first time around and everything as well i mean i'll watch B- cbb's with our two-year-old and there's a dog <laughs> in that and then the fella who's doing the voice is clearly also doing the hand and it's just slightly out of shot and they're trying not to look at it yeah. uh, where are you in when when this is all taken place do you would you dub the voiceover afterwards what what's the kind of process so I went down to the studio the other week to see it being filmed. So we write the sketches on like a Wednesday and a Thursday. I'll record the voice, but I do it from my spare room into the laptop that I'm now talking to you over. Oh, my word. Mike. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's all been just, I've just done all my, most people are just working from home on Spitting Image. It's incredible, right? And then, and then the voice bit gets played into a studio and the puppeteers mime along with it. So I went along to watch one of my Trump sketches being filmed. And what they do first, they do a hand rehearsal. So there's three people for each puppet. And one person does the mouth and one hand. Yeah. The second person does the other hand. And the third person controls the eyes with the blinking and the moving. So you just see these people just moving their hands to, to my voice or to whoever's voice it is. And then they bring the puppet in and they stick their hands up the puppet. And then wow. you're watching a puppet that looks like it's speaking, but it's something you said like a week ago. And now they're recording it on this huge set. It's surreal. That's I can't amazing. explain to you how weird it is to be there watching it filmed. It's magic. I tell you what must be the most surreal thing, though, is being the person that lives as maybe their spare room is next to the room where you've got your laptop here. In. Give, give us a bit of Trump, then, that they would have heard maybe you recording into your laptop and thinking, what's going on next door? Well, Adrian, it's great to be back on Virgin Radio. You know I love you guys. And uh, I talk like this a lot. Very loud. I did say to my girlfriend the other day, like, the neighbours are going to think... Like there's some guy down there who sounds a bit like Boris Johnson, a bit like Donald Trump. I mean, with Trump, I try and make him sound because the puppet is so mad. Yeah, I've kind of changed my impression along with it, so I try and make it make funny noises and squeaks and things. So yeah. I make him make noises that perhaps he doesn't make, but it's conceivable that he would. So I'll, I'll try and make him squeak. So I'll go, um, Mike. We can't trust these people. They're sneaky. <laughs> and just like make his voice really daft. So God knows what the neighbours think. Well, I tell you one thing. During all of this, I do think one of the one of the few good things to come out of it is that I feel like people have been embracing comedy and having a laugh and a bit of escapism more than ever before, yes. haven't they? Do you know what I mean? So Definitely. how can how can people watch Spitting Image? How can they how can they go and watch this amazing impression that you do of Trump and Keir Starmer and Boris Johnson? So it's on BritBox, which is a new streaming service. So it's like a British Netflix. Um, so if you Google it, you can find it. I think you can get it through your BT box or your Virgin and Sky boxes and whatnot. Fantastic. Well, listen, Matt, the book is out tomorrow. Go and buy Politically Homeless. Absolutely fantastic. Really interesting. And, and keep an eye out for, at some point down the line, a bit of erotic uh, Matt Ford fan fiction. <laughs> Cheers, mate. OK, guys, you ready for this? One, two, three, four. Bush and Richie's podcast.